how do I DJ my energy? That's so good. You should write a book on how to DJ your energy. I think that, that that's a really, really good catchy that's line. A, that's a good, good one. It's good. Best selling book right there. Okay. <laughs> I said it first. Um, all right. So, uh, everyone, welcome to back to the Ryan Holt Show podcast, number one black hosted podcast in Canada, global top 1%. Thank you to each and every one of you that show up each week to listen, learn, hope, and be provoked to upgrade your life personally and professionally. It means the world. We are here for you. My next guest that I have on is an absolute treat. She's a super connector, a master connector. She had a past life with doing some VH1 metal stuff. Her diff- her look was different. She's different. She's awesome. She's great. Her name is Jen Gottlieb. Welcome to the show and welcome home, my friend. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Your energy just lifted me up for the whole week, Ryan. Let's go. Straight, straight up, you know, and I it, and when I, you know, I, I, I've, I've kind of known about your work for quite a bit of time. I just thought, you know, I, I really want to have her on my show. And, you know, that's why I flipped the camera around. I sent you an Instagram uh, direct message and said, let's do this, right? You did. You did. First yeah. question, Jen, what do you, how, how is the state of humanity through the eyes of and perception of, of Jen Godley right now? How is the state of human beings, in your opinion, right now? Um. <laughs> That's a loaded question. So I, I'll give you the state of humanity from my perspective of Absolutely. myself, um, yeah. because I really truly believe that life is all about perspective and it's all about how you choose to respond to things, how you choose to act, how you choose to show up in the world. So we can't control the things that are happening to us. We can't control the things that are happening around us. We can't, we have no control over that. And that freaking sucks a lot of the times. Mm. Uh, but the one thing that we do have control over is the way that we choose to respond, the way that we choose to show up in the world, the way that we choose to, uh, the actions that we choose to make in response to the things that are going on on this planet and the way that we choose to look at it. And you can look at something um, like it's happening to you, or you can look at something like it's happening for you, for the greater good, for, you know, and there's a lot of really bad things happening in the world right now. I'm not going to say like that terrible, terrible, terrible things. And a lot of people are in a lot of pain and, um, but we can choose to step up and help those people and make it, make whatever bad things are happening, turn them into messages of love and goodness and hope and togetherness and unitedness. And, um, and it really is all about how we choose to show up as a response to all of it. So, while I'm not going to sit here and say that the world is in like a really amazing, beautiful place right now, uh, we can each individually choose mm-hmm. to create a beautiful place within our side ourselves. And then we can take that beauty and that love and give it to the people that need it the most right now. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. You know, it's interesting. A lot of my audience is 45 to 52 year old women. Uh, professionally oh, interesting. have been corporate um, I've kind of said, listen, I, I've been working this corporate job. I've been doing all this stuff. I feel like I want uh, more out of my life. It's weird because even in my clientele, I own a marketing agency, so we do a lot of B2B, but I opened up a kind of a coaching program and B2C consumer, and I figured out, who do you really love working with? Mm-hmm. And I thought about you could serve this audience so well based on your background. You had made a recent post on Instagram talking about how you know, you, you don't want a, a man to, to dictate your worth. It's literally your most recent post. And I thought, oh my gosh. This <laughs> is today. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm like, Jen, Jen is literally like, you're speaking into the universe. I'm like, this is perfect timing. Um, yeah. And I, I read the full post and I, you know, okay. Somebody says, hey, I want you to speak at the event. 
you're like, cool, let's check it out. I want to, you know, again, one of the only female speakers, right? Uh, and you're like, I'm going to go represent the ladies. And then it turns into the transactional. This kind of situation happens on the daily, all day long. And you spoke about how you kind of fell into the trap again. Could you tell our audience how this even still affects you? Yeah. And I'm going to, and you just said I fell into the trap and I did. And that's what I wrote in my post because I'm not going to sit here and not take accountability for the fact that I fell right on into it and I was playing into it. Mm. Um, and even me who I feel I'm a very strong woman and, uh, I know my worth. And I say all the time, I know my value. I know my worth. I'm going to be the greatest speaker in the history of all time. And I am. Uh, but I even, even that confident girl fell into the, um, uh, gosh, trying to prove myself mode. And us women, we fall into that a lot, like people pleasing. And am I good enough? And can I be good enough to you for you? And let me prove myself to you. It's almost like a subconscious thing that's been like, um, embedded into us forever since, you know, for decades, forever for the history of mankind. And I was like, and it's always when you wake up on the other side, when you get off the phone, that you realize, what the hell did I just do? And I feel like I need to take a shower. Like, I feel gross. Like, why did I just spend two days of my life trying to prove that I was good enough? Not only was I good enough, it had nothing to do with me being a speaker, actually, to be completely honest. He didn't even care about what I was going to talk about or um, me being good or not. It was all about how can I promote his event to get more butts in seats? Am I good? Do I have a big enough audience? Do I have um, enough great things to offer the people for them to buy his program on the back end? Do it. And after I spent time trying to convince him that I did, because I told you I fell into it and I was like, sure. Yeah, I could do this and I could do that. But normally I get paid a lot of money to speak and I was going to go for free. And I was like, yeah, I found myself like jumping through hoops to make him feel, to make me feel like he was going to choose me. And he had me on the phone for an hour and then still didn't tell me yes. And then he told me to read, to get on another call the next day where we were FaceTiming and he was showing me all around his home and just trying to like, I don't know what the hell he was doing. And, um, and, and asking me millions of questions about my offers and my business and what we could possibly do. I'm like, I already told you what my ideas were. Like, is it a yes or a no? And then blaming it on his team that he didn't know if his team was going to buy it. And I was like, Oh, and I found myself, and I'm, so I'm sitting here trying to convince you that I'm good enough for you to convince your team of, like, I don't know about you, but I run events in New York City and I have a team. Yeah. And if I want someone to speak at my event, I just say, hey, team, this person's speaking at my event. So not only was this, this person trying to, I don't know what he was doing, give me the runaround, maybe there was a power trip, maybe it was like, maybe it really legitimately was like, I don't know if she's good enough or has a big enough audience for me to put her on my stage and fine. That's where he comes from. Mm. But at the end of the day, it also really was like him not even taking ownership of that and blaming it on his team and saying, I have to, I have to explain to my team why I'm making this decision. It's a yes for me, but it wasn't a yes for him because he made me jump through hoops and didn't even say yes. It was crazy. Um, that's and but at the end of the day, I wrote that post because I believe. And normally, I'm not one to rock the boat ever. 
I don't like yes. to post yes. about things like that. I really don't. I'm just not that girl. I like to post positive, uh, motivating yeah. things and uh, not stuff like that. But this is something that has been happening, not just to me, but I know to a lot of women and men, yeah. Um, yeah. but a lot of women, uh, mostly a lot of these business conferences, I'm the only woman speaker when I go, there's not a lot of women on yeah. stage. And I want to yeah. speak up for these, for women to, you know, be able to like have some say and and know their worth and, and not fall into that trap of feeling like we need to sit there and, um, make someone choose us and prove that we are good enough to do something for two days. Yeah. You know, like, so. You know what? I totally, I totally hear you on that. It's, it's really interesting, the synergies, right? So I'm half Jamaican, half German. I was raised by a single mom. So my mom is white and she's German <laughs> and awesome. And, you know, when we speak, it's it, again, it's like, how many black folks are on the speaker lineup? How many women are on the speaker yeah. lineup? And this is why we see, you know, we have Black History Month in February. We're like, okay, come on, man. It's the shortest month of the year. Like, what's going on here? Why is it like, we just had International Women's Day the other day. And so I moderated this panel of like eight amazing women from states and Canada, all different backgrounds. It was glorious. And, and you hear women say that a lot. And I think for me as a male, from the male perspective, I gravitate to, to women a lot because I... In, in, in a weird way, I, I, I really empathize with what you're going through because we, we, I go through similar things, but for different reasons, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. And so that post that you made, I just thought, my goodness. So let's, let's unpack this a bit. Why do you think said person uh, even felt that they were in the position to be able to even kind of bargain with your value? Let's not talk about why you allowed them to, but let's talk about why they even felt that they could. Because I think this is where it, it, it's going to kind of trigger, I feel, for our female audience to just kind of see those signs of like, how did I fall into that yeah. trap before I fell into it? I'll tell you exactly where his leverage came from. He had somebody keynoting that he paid probably six figures to, to be keynoting on the stage. And he knows that people want to be on a stage with that one person to be uh, saying that they were speaking next to that one person. I'm not going to say who it is. I'll give the whole thing yeah, away. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course. So, of course. Um, yeah, because I don't want to like throw anybody no, on the no, bus. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I think that's where he knew his leverage came from. So he was playing with that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. He was, he was yeah, like, yeah. are you good enough? Like, could you do this? Could you do that? Well, is yeah. well, you know, like how much is your event? And let me tell you something. I love what you just talked about. Uh, we have a, a whole um, diversity and inclusion uh, council at our company at Super Connector Media. And mm -hmm. we run events in New York City. We run an event called Unfair Advantage Live. It's an amazing media event. It's a, you know, private invite only event for entrepreneurs. And we make sure that there is always... African-American people on stage, women on stage. In, in, in fact, the majority of any of our speakers, whenever we bring speakers on are women or African-American, because that's really, really important to us. And yes. diversity is huge. And if you look into our audience, we make sure that we have an unbelievably diverse audience. Mm. And I think now in this day and age, you have to be conscious of that. It, yes. You just have to. It, yes. We can't live in the freaking past anymore. Yes. Like, it's, it's, yes. I can't believe people are still doing this. Like it's yes. actually blowing my mind. 
Yes. And it, you know, and, and I think the days are coming, you know, those said people, I think the days are, are, are numbered for sure. You know, I, I always say, I think it's an extremely important to know your past because I think people that don't know their history often, you know, have the ill fate of repeating it just off sheer lack of knowledge of it. But I also love to draw a candle to look how far we've come and look at the things yes. that we're doing to progress further. You know, yes. glass is always half full in the team holds land, right? I love it. A thousand right? percent. And we have come such a long way. I totally agree. It's all perspective, you know, and then that's why it surprises me. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, so well, you know, it's kind of clinging on to, to, to lost hope, I call it. Now, here at the show, one of our favorite, favorite words, two favorite words are curiosity and hope. Uh, I feel if somebody's curious enough, that's when changes start happening, growth starts uh, taking transformation. You recently came out with your YouTube channel. You're talking about, hey, I fell flat on my face. uh, And wow, it was terrible, but it was also the best thing at the same time. Yeah. Where did where did this um, desire inside you to, especially when you're doing the VH1 stuff, where did you say, oh, my gosh, I'm just not feeling full and complete and true to myself. I have to make a switch. When did that start coming for you? Mm, It was always one of those things that was bubbling inside of me. I don't know if you've ever felt something like this, Ryan, where it's kind of always there, but you're pushing it down, you're pushing it down, you're pushing it down, you're ignoring it, you're ignoring it. It was always there. The relationship that I was in, I always knew it wasn't right. But because it looked perfect from the outside, it was the guy that everyone thought I should be with. And it was a great life that I was living, you know, push it down, push it down, push it down. The show was like, well, it's a great job. I'm making great money. It's on VH1. Like, just come on, suck it up. Just be the girl, be that girl. Just do it. And so I ignored it. Like I was like in an internal battle with myself for probably the entire time. And then, you know, I said, I I believe I, I say this all the time when I speak, but when you're out of alignment like that and you cannot do it for yourself or you can get yourself back into alignment, the universe will come in and it will do it for you. It just mm-hmm. does. You know, like it, it maybe even you do it subconsciously or a combination between you and God working together to get yourself out of a situation that you deep down know you shouldn't be in. You just can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So God came in and the universe, whatever you believe in, but I believe in God and just like mm. smacked me out of it and it hurt. Right. Mm. It took everything away from me. Absolutely. It got me to rock bottom and I needed that rock bottom. If I didn't hit that rock bottom, I wouldn't have changed. Yes. So everything got taken away from me and I was forced to actually look at myself and say, all right, am I going to go back to doing what wasn't working? What I knew was not right. Or is, am I going to take this as a moment to reinvent and reinvent the wheel and retell the story in a new way and create a new life. And I didn't immediately snap into it and say, yeah, let's go. It was actually a lot of trial and error and a lot of learning and a lot of growing and a lot of falling on my face and a lot of reading and listening and being around people that inspired me. Um, but slowly, but surely the more that I took action and the more that I surrounded myself with people that were doing what I wanted to do, the more it started to happen for me. And then the more momentum I created. There's that saying, the more truthful you are, the more universal you are. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because the more you put your truth out there, you're right. The universe really does conspire. How you, You're a, a fantastic speaker. 
an amazing speaker. I mean, you you got the presence. You're walking in with the vibe. I love everything you do. You, you speak from the heart. Have you, I view you through your content. I don't know you personally, but I just, I, the one word that always comes to mind is emotional. Like you seem like such an emotionally driven, charged person. Like I look at your eyes a lot and it's, there's so much back there that's just on the forefront. It, are, are you an extremely emotional person or am I reading that wrong? Have you always been that way? Um, I'm not emotional in the way that you would think like I cry all the time no. or anything like that. Like, um, or I would say I'm not an emotional person where my emotions are not all over the map, but I am a incredibly passionate person and enthusiastic yes. person. Enthusiasm yes. is my number one value in life. Love and that. I truly Love believe that, that like, I just am so freaking enthusiastic about what I do, about what I talk about, about life, about being here on this, about being on this call with you. Like it, it's all so good. It's all so yes. good. And, um, and I think that that's probably what you see. Just like, I'm, I'm really passionate. I've been that way since I was, since I could talk. Like I, I was, yes. I, my mom tells me I would never shut the hell up. And I like had the loudest voice ever. And I used to, be really like scared to use my loud voice. And I used to push it all down. And I used to like try to be fit in this box that everybody wanted for me. And uh, that's when my life got really out of alignment and shit started to like go cray cray. And I lost myself. And now Chris, my fiance, mm. always we have this argument because he's like, stop yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking because I'm just, I'm really just talking. I'm just so passionate. And, um, and I just have a loud voice and I'm excited about things. And I think that that's where, where you get that emotion from. How do you manage, how do you manage your gifts? So it doesn't become a curse. What I mean by that is you're passionate, you're enthusiastic, but how have you learned? Like, you know, for instance, I call myself an energy distribution management consultant of my life, meaning I'm very, very good at really figuring out where I want my energy to go and who I want it to go to and what I want it to go to. And I feel like a lot of people's breakdowns in life, especially on their path to success or hitting their goals, is they're just giving up, they're just renting a whole bunch of free space to energy that's not serving them. How have you managed to serve your energy and distribute it according to the way you want to? That's beautiful. I love that you're bringing this up. It's so unbelievably important because I used Very. to completely burn myself out with energy expenditure because yes. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm very enthusiastic, but I'm an introvert and oh, me, yeah. Yeah. I get my energy from being alone. I get my energy from being by myself and yes. I can go to a party. I can go to an event. I can like work the room, you know, and be my enthusiastic self. I'm not shy really, but I need to immediately leave and go refill my cup. Mm. So I have to be very, cause I put so much out when I do something. So to be really, really careful, like what you just said about how much and what I'm doing in each day or in what the choices that I make, the people that I surround myself with, the events that I choose to do, the business ventures that I choose to be a part of, um, because I only have so much of this energy and I have to really be boundaried about it. So now I'm very intentional. I didn't used to be, but now it's like, if you're on my calendar or I'm seeing you or I'm going to an event or I'm doing something, number one, you know that I 
it'll be all out completely intentional and completely there and showing up fully in that situation. And number two, if you are, it means you are important to me. I, I, I prioritize you. And, uh, and then the other thing is the most important thing is the stuff that I'm saying no to, because everything that you say no to is actually secretly saying yes to something else. So if I say no, I just say, I, I, I say to myself, I'm going to say no to this, but that's going to be a yes to something else that I'm going to put my energy to. That's going to lift me up and light me up and fuel me and give me more energy to go do really what my purpose is on this planet. So it really is deciphering um, what I want to prioritize. And I love that you brought that up. It's important. And how, you know, the prior prioritize, how, how is that kind of married to energy? Like, you know, as your priorities change and your goals change, or maybe things are presented to you, how do you kind of navigate through those, you know, unknown waters of here's my energy, here's my priorities, but sometimes your energy switching. And then also times your priorities are switching. Things are coming on your plate. Things are leaving your plate. How do you manage to dance? You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like being a DJ. Like for me, I, I, I value myself as a DJ of life. You give me, you give me a little bit of business. You give me my family. You give me fatherhood. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm mixing it all the time. And sometimes I dep- it depends on who, who the audience is. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm gonna bring into the game. How do you DJ your energy with your priorities and make it look Ooh. amazing? Ooh, how do I DJ my energy? That's so good. You should write a book on how to DJ your energy. I think that, that that's a really, really good catchy that's line. A, that's a good it's one. Good. It's good. Best-selling book right there. Okay. <laughs> I said it first. Um, all right. So here's the thing. If you're building something you need, and this is, I, huh, I used to be so structured and so planned out that I would never allow any opportunities to come my way. Because if, if a unicorn came across my desk, I wouldn't take it because <laughs> I had already planned to put my energy in this area. So then the unicorn would walk by and I would miss it. And then I wouldn't grow. So we have to find a balance of being able to know the things that are non-negotiables, but also be open and flexible enough to jump on the unicorns when they walk by. Mm. So my word of 2022, I have two words. One of them is flexibility. Mm. And because I need to be more flexible. So great example of something that happened to me last week. I was all set last week to go to Dallas and speak at an event on a Saturday. Then Okay. So I was ready. I, like, I'm very planned out. Okay. I was going to fly in on the Friday so I could sleep, you know, like get acclimated, wake up, crush it on stage, easy, really boundaried energy, right? Like we know when we're going, we're going to stay there the night before we're going to go speak. Okay. Then my friend Dave Meltzer calls me a day before and says, want to come to Vegas on Friday and be co-host my TV show with me. Mm. Every ounce of me, Ryan wanted to say, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm supposed to speak in Dallas. No, 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 no. This is shaking it up and this is too much. And I can't handle this. That was my limiting beliefs talking to me immediately. Fear wants to tell you, Nope, that's too much. But I looked at it and I said, Jen, sometimes you need to jump on the fucking unicorns. I hope I can curse on this show. And yes. And that was an opportunity that I had to make work. So guess what I did? I was flexible and I said, you know what? You're going to sleep on the other side. You're going to give yourself an extra day to recover, but you're going to go, you're going to do everything that you kind of make this happen. But here's how we DJ'd the energy. I said, all right, I'm going to fly to, I'm going to fly to Vegas on Friday. I'm going to get off the airplane and I'm going to go do this thing right when I get off the airplane on East coast time in Vegas, then I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to fly to Dallas and I'm going to go speak that day in Dallas. 
and I'm going to crush it and it's going to be hard, but here's how we're going to DJ the energy. I'm going to take completely off on Monday, completely off, no hair, no makeup, no nothing. Take everything off the schedule, get a massage and recoup. And knowing that Monday was coming, I was like, I'm, I can sprint. So life is all about sprinting and recovering, sprinting Absolutely. and recovering. Absolutely. And knowing when you're in a sprint and knowing when you're in recovery, it can't always be easy peasy. It's got to be freaking hard sometimes. And as long as you have the recovery on the other side, as long as you, for me, exercise, no matter what, eat healthy, no matter what, I don't drink, I don't do any of that stuff. So as long as I do the sprint, know I can recover, then I'm good. I, you know, I chilled on that Monday. In fact, I had more energy than I thought I would have. So I did a couple of things, but I was like, this is a chill day. And then I felt great. So hopefully that answered your question in, in a story of how to DJ the energy. My gosh, you keep this DJ, the energy. I mean, if I, <laughs> if I don't take one of this little promo clips for our podcast about DJ, the energy, I'd be a terrible marketer. Cause as you're Fair saying, ball. I'm like, that does sound really good. You know, how do you DJ? <laughs> How do you DJ your energy? Because it's not too woo-woo, you know what I mean? Like, you got a lot of woo-woo with energy going on. And some people, they're not into the woo-woo stuff. They're into the, you know, I need some practical, practical, actionable things that I can take to my to my box. I seen that I seen that post regarding Dave Meltzer. I, th- I thought that was really cool. And I like that you did post about that because I think that's, you know, that's one of the life's little uh, lessons. See, I think sometimes life's interruptions are are, are heavily marketed uh, in a negative way, but sometimes they're so positive, right? Mm-hmm. Have you heard? Have you heard of Robin Sharma? Does that of course, you know? I've met Robin, Robin Sharma. Robin's been on our show. And you know, he talks a lot about the mastery work. You know, the energy. The you know, he you know, he doesn't believe in the whole hustle culture thing. And it's amazing because he said, you know, if you do five hours of deep, crazy sprinting, focused, hardcore work. By the time your five hours is up, you're so done. Yeah. You, you gave it all in five hours. And then you're like, Kate, that's it. Now let's go recover. Let's spend time with our family. Let's, you know, do the things that really pour back into our cup. And I like that you're bringing that up because people often look at, especially somebody like you, you know, this person's always, you know, they must be always working or up doing spreadsheets or their vision boards and all that. Uh, you said you don't drink. And you don't do certain things. Now, talk about that. I think that is huge. Is that something you've always never just done? Or is it something you say, in order for me to get to my goals, like, I just can't have these kind of distractions here. Like, walk me through that. I think that's big. I used to drink and party a lot. Uh, I used to be a party girl, full on. Uh, so I got that out of my system. And then I remember, well, I was also severely bulimic and addicted to Adderall and going out. And I... Yeah, it it was a a really bad cycle for me. And one day, it was literally one day where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to try to not drink. And I'm going to see what happens. And I'm going to see, because I was starting to explore like personal development for the first time in my life and getting up and doing a morning routine. Mm. And I I thought for a second, I was like, I don't want to feel like shit tomorrow. So I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to see how long I can wait to have a drink. And I'm going to see what happens. I didn't even know what it would be like to go out and not drink. So I went out and an hour went by and I was like, I'm good. I don't need a drink. I'm having a great time. Two hours went by. I heard all my friends like 
getting all crazy and talking too fast and not making any sense. And I was like, wow, do I sound like that? And, uh, you know, I don't care. Everyone else can drink, have a great time. I don't judge anybody. Uh, but I was like, well, I probably sound like that. And I was like, I'm having fun. I'm being me. Like, this is great. I still don't need a drink. Let's wait another hour. And then I waited another hour. Still didn't need it. Went the whole night, didn't drink, woke up, felt amazing the next day, had the best workout, got so much done, felt on fire when typically on a Sunday, I would feel, you know, completely slammed, hungover, not able to function. And I was like, there's something to this. So I just started, I didn't say I'm never going to drink again. I just started doing that thing. Like, I'll see if I could just not have a drink today. And I just didn't. And then it just, it became a thing and I just never drank again. I haven't drank in, man, it's probably eight or nine years or something like that. It's been a long time. And uh, my fiance, it's funny. uh, I used to, when I was dating, my friends would say to me like, Jen, you got to just have a glass of wine. Like people are going to think you're weird when you go on dates, if you don't drink. And I was like, you want to know something? The guy that's for me, he either doesn't drink or does not care that I don't drink. And when I met Chris Winfield, my fiance, he, um, I remember we didn't discuss drinking or not drinking at all, but he like posted this Instagram story of him doing a wheatgrass shot. And it said the only shots I take. And I'm like, there is no way in hell he doesn't drink. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. And, and that, and he's sober, he's like 10 years sober. And so we just don't. And my health, and I said enthusiasm is my number one value. I would say either tied with that one or close, probably before enthusiasm for my values is health. Because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Mm. And my purpose to help people and to you know build what I'm doing, what I'm building to impact other people's lives is so strong that if, if I'm not healthy, I can't do that. So working out, eating healthy, not drinking, taking care of myself, supplements, peptides, NAD, red light, flow tank therapy. I'm obsessed with all of it. I love it. It's, it's my hobby. So I like to feel good. You're no joke. I see you on that. uh, You you got your stand up desk over your treadmill. <laughs> Get your steps right I'm not walking, but I'm standing on it. Yeah. yeah you're, you're phenomenal. I, I, I love, I love that. Isn't it amazing how when you study great people, it's amazing because people say, hey, Ryan, where do you think greatness, you know, comes from a lot of the time? And I'm like, I always love studying people I think are great or phenomenal, have changed the world, did all kinds of crazy things. But a lot of their motivation comes from suffering. When we, when we debunk a lot of their journey, it goes back into suffering. There, there was something in their, in their past, maybe their childhood, whatever it was, it was, it was completely painful and suffering. And then it, they managed to take this and, be, you know, make it their message, right? It's like, turn your message into your message, right? For you saying, hey, I, you know, I was, I was drinking, I was doing all these things, uh, and I'm coming from a place of darkness. How much of that has given you your light, if you think about it? Well, the law of polarity would state that without light, there is no dark. Without dark, there is no light. Without up, there is no down. Um, it all comes from that. It all. all right. I wouldn't be able to see it if I didn't have the darkness. I love it. This conversation is so freaking good, dude. You, so I, you know what I love the most, though, is that I see all these people always trying to run from their past. You know, it's almost like they're, as soon as their past is done, they're like, no, no, let's, let's close the book. Let's close the chapter. And, and let's never talk about it. I want it to be publicized. And I'm just of the thought that I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I love, like, the first thing I do if I meet somebody, I'm like, 
okay, great. You're presenting yourself to me in the best light possible. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Tell me the nitty. I want to know the darkness on you. I want to know the darkness. Because I'm like, once you start, get, once somebody opens that kind of door to you, I think it's just, man, you, you, you're, you're going to get one hell of a, a different kind of relationship. So for me, and I, I'm going to ask you this question, I can't stand small talk. I absolutely hate small talk. It's, I am the most, like, I can talk to anybody anytime, anywhere. I don't like small talk. I'm very, very reserved with what I talk and, and how the context is. And the reason that is, is I find it extremely useless. I don't do water cooler chat. Um, and, I'm a very, and I'm a very deep person. So I, I feel like, okay, if Jen and I are going to have a conversation today, I want it to be one that's like remarkable, memorable. I'm not saying we got to go deep every time, but I'm just saying that I just don't want to talk about surface level stuff that you can go out on the road and have, you know, those kind of stranger talks with anybody else. How do you find yourself in small talk style conversations? Cause I'm heading into your PR land and, you know, in PR sometimes there's a lot of, you know, just small talk. <laughs> I hate small talk. I hate because I'm an introvert. And so all the energy that I expend talking to somebody is energy that I need to go recoup on the other side. So my, you started this, I've never started a podcast like this in my life. This is the best thing ever. We got on and you didn't say anything other than let's go. And we jumped right into the interview. Every other podcast I've ever done. No bad. You know, I don't everybody else that I've talked to. I love you all. Uh, but you always get on and you say, so how, you know, like you do the small talk forever. And like, you, it's like way too long of it. I get it. Like you got to do it for a second, like to like acclimate to the set situation, but it's useless. And let's go deep. Let's go all big or go home. I mean, I'd like my favorite thing to do, actually, I love shaking shit up in elevators because normal people, uh, you like, if you go into an elevator, usually like in my building in New York city, if I go into an elevator, you know, you say, Oh, how are you? You know, it's Monday. <laughs> today or like oh it's raining i hope it doesn't snow later you know like the weather yeah. conversation and i love to say oh my god it's the best day ever i'm having yes. the greatest day and i hope that you have the greatest day too and you want to know something i think something really spectacular is going to happen to you today oh. or i'll say like what's one thing you're grateful for today yeah and that immediately shifts somebody's entire world and they're like whoa and they and they understand like oh i'm a human that's right I'm not just a, a robot conditioned to say these things that humans say about the weather. Mm. You know, what's interesting. I, I, I love those ones. There's two that I, there's two that I say, I try to, I, the, the number one question I can't stand that people say, and they say it on autopilot is how are you? It is the most yeah. ridiculous, terrible question for me. Like I'm never going to build rapport with you. If I'm like, yo, Jen, how are you? No, I'm like, Jen, wait a sec. Did you just get a pedicure? Yeah. I'm like, oh, wait a sec. I'll, I mean, I got a thing with feet, very public knowledge. I just, okay. you got grenades for toes. We can't be friends. It just doesn't work for me. However, it, you know, that, that right there, like what just happened there, that's going to get a bigger reaction from you than, hey, Jen, how are you? And then you might say, you're going to say, oh, Ryan, oh, wow, that's odd. You're a dude. You, you notice that? Oh, great. Cool. Well, actually, I went down. I was, you know, I went around the corner. I went and see my lady. You're going to start naturally telling me stuff about your day based on that question. Cause it was a question that gave you the, the, you know, kind of the invite to, to respond. Right. So that's one, but one thing I love saying bye to people with is 
have a plum filled day. So people have a plum filled day. Just try it for me once. Just when okay. somebody says, what does it mean? I love it. Even, even if you're on the phone or wherever and somebody's like, you're like, okay, take care. Just, just say, Hey, take care. Take you care. Have, have, have a plum filled day. And I guarantee the person as they're like literally almost about to hang up is going to be like, <laughs> like you're going to hear a giggle. They're like a plum filled day. <laughs> like, and it's amazing. Like I do, I do it in person to people. Like it could be something as simple as going to a checkout counter where, wherever the heck you are. And I'm like, yeah, have a plum-filled day. The lady's like, oh, a plum-filled day. Like, it takes them completely out of their, their mask, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. And another, and another one is always, hey, listen, Jen, I know that you are kicking today's ass so bad, Saturday's asking Sunday to switch places. Ah, that's cute. Right, right, right? So, you know, you got all of them. But um, the small talk, you're right. About the podcast, there's three, there's three th- reasons I do it. When I do interviews on other people's shows, and they start, you know, you know, the Zoom comes on or whatever. And, hey, Ryan, you know, it's, uh, it's unnecessary. So I do it for a, a few reasons. Number one, I only have so much time with you. I want to get to the point. I want to get as much value as possible in the time that we have. Number two, there's nothing to really say. And then number three, um, I don't want any magic to come out before I press record. Yes! That's when all the good stuff. And I can't recreate magical moments so I'm like, no, no, let, let's get this started and uh, navigate through the journey as, uh, as we're recording. I love it. I love it. And the, about the heart, how are you question, my dating profile on Tinder or whatever, when I used to date, my very first thing that I'd say is I'm, I'm fine. Don't ask me how I am. Because like, even in dating, people would be like, how are you? I'm bad. Like, what am I going to say? I'm shitty or I'm good. It's like, ask me something interesting. Please don't ask me how I am. So, and I think everybody is like just, th- just right now really thriving for real connection. I think at the end of the day, we're dying for it. And technically we're more connected with these phones and everything than ever before, but we're actually more disconnected than ever because people are communicating in emojis. Not that it's a bad thing. I love a good emoji. You know, it's fun and it's there for a reason, mm. but let's deeply connect with each other. Let's deeply, like you did your research about me before you came onto this call. And so you could ask me thoughtful questions about something that I just wrote today. And like, you know, why don't we have conversations with people like that all the time that are more, that make people feel seen and really go there and make us connect to each other and are more vulnerable. And I love that you are doing this in your own way here in your world. And if we all start to do it, then we'll all be more deeply connected and people will feel less lonely. You know, it's, it's interesting. So I have a concept. It's called soulful, soulful currency. So for me, I kind of have two, two little phrases that I trademark that I, I'm, one is soulful currency. And then the other one I call myself as a hope dealer. So, so the soulful currency is this. People are very stuck on money, you know, the currency, the monetary portion of it. But I'm like, listen, there's vibe currency. There's health currency. There's relationship mm. currency. There's yeah. hygiene currency. So the, the famous saying goes, right? Success without soulfulness is usually an empty victory. So for me, it's like, well, if you really want to be wealthy and successful in life, you need to figure out what your three to five, you know, mighty values are and consistently keep depositing into that checking account. There's so many people out there doing the hustle mode online and they're depositing into a checking account that they don't even fucking own. That's dumb. It's dumb. So in life, I believe life goes two ways. God bless our souls when we get to our end and finale. I think there's two TVs playing. They say, hey, Jen, come on over here. I want to show you TV number one. 
okay, what's on TV number one? TV number one is the life you currently lived. And you're like, what's on TV number two? TV number two is the vision I created you in. Uh, and so you're going to either be one or two reactions. You completely fucked up your whole life. And now you're literally living hell on earth. Or you're going to be like, I fucking dominated my life. But I don't think you get both ways. So I encourage people as they're living to not exist, to live mm. as they get the chance. Because I love cemeteries. The reason I love cemeteries is I say, to the, I say to myself all the time, I'm like, listen, you know when you fell on your face, Jen, early on? You said, listen, mm -hmm. I fell flat on my face. But you were still living. You got a chance to get back up. These people in the cemeteries, they're done. They're tapped out. They don't even get a chance to be tapped back in. I know. So the sobering, it's sobering. That is sobering. Like, when I say it, it sobers me up in the sense of, like, holy shit, be really fucking intentional with what you're doing this second. I hear you. That's exactly what I, do you want to know what drives me? This thought in the back of my mind, every single time I try to make a decision or I, I, I want to let myself off the hook and not do the uncomfortable thing. I think about my death and I think about the end of my life. And I think about a moment where at the end of my life, I get to go and see all of the missed opportunities. Like I see the girl that did all the things that put it out all on the table, that bet on herself, that went for it, that did the scary shit, that didn't care, that really went in and did it. Mm. And I don't want to not be that girl. I don't want to meet her or see her. Mm. I want to be her at the end of my life. I want to say I did it. I was the girl that put it all out on the line. I took every opportunity. I gave it all. And if I have to look at her and not be her and feel all of that regret, that is the thing that scares me the most in all of life. That is my number one biggest fear. And every single day I'm working to not, not meet that girl, but to be that girl. Ooh, love that. Ooh, that's great. Right? I like that. Good. I like Good. that. It'll that's scare cool. you into taking action every time it works. It, it <laughs> is. It, no, it, it really does. So you're a super connector. Can you give us some do's and don'ts of, like how not to connect with somebody. Let's, let's, let's have, I want this part to be a little fun because I think about social media and I think about, you know, when you're trying to transact or you're trying to ask somebody for something or, you know, you, you know this, I mean, you guys get hit up all the time. I get hit up all the time. You're asking me for shit and I don't even know you. Like you, you pick, you've already started this relationship in a weird way for me. So how do we, how do we say, and let's think about who has the leverage and who doesn't. So let's say that somebody's like, okay, you know, I'm just starting out. And now let, let's use a podcast, for example. Maybe you're just starting out. I want to get, you know, maybe a bigger name on my show. You're a PR person. You know why they'd want to do that. How do we go about creating value when we know that the other person has a lot more leverage uh, up front? And, like, what's the do's and don'ts? Mm, mm, thank you. Please. Yeah. Um, well, number one, don't, and this is just for beginners, okay? Do not ever use the term, can I pick your brain? Oh, oh. You oh my gosh. That, I will oh delete and maybe block, okay? Saying, can I pick your brain is the worst possible statement to have in your vocabulary. Let's all just, this is all for the greater good. Let's take that statement right now with our hands and, and throw it out in the garbage, okay? Don't ever say, can I pick your brain, please? <laughs> That literally makes my heart hurt. Wait, you want to pick my brain? Like you want to actually, like you want me to spend time with you. I don't know you. And you want to oh like, pick, 
It just sounds bad. So here's the thing. Okay. I'm all about asking for help to people that you have helped and care about you and love you because uh, I feel really good when somebody that I care about asks me for help. It makes me feel seen. It makes me feel important. It makes me feel good because the best way to feel good is to be able to provide value to somebody else that you care about and that you love. So, so I want to start with this one because many entrepreneurs and people starting things are scared to ask for help. Now, if you don't ask for help from the people that love you and care about you, then you are depriving them of an amazing moment to feel seen and heard by you and to feel great. So please ask for help. I've gotten many of the things that I've gotten because I've asked for help, but there are rules around asking for help. You can't just ask anybody for help. All right, you have to look at this person and say, do I have a win-win relationship with this person? Have I provided value for this person? Have I put in the coins into the bank of the law of reciprocity in order to be able to ask this person for help, right? Like that's the key. The law of reciprocity is the most beautiful law in the entire world. And it states that when you do unto others, they want to do unto you. And it, it, it works that way. If I did something amazing for you, this happened to me yesterday. Somebody did something um, here, this is a great example. I like to teach you examples. Are you ready for an amazing example? I love it. Hit me. This, this happened yesterday. Okay. Yesterday, my assistant DMs me and she said, Oh my God, Jen, you were just caught. You were just quoted on the Elvis Duran show on Z100. And I'm like, wow, how did that happen? I never spoke to anybody there. How did they get my quote? She plays it for me. It's a whole long thing. They quoted like something that I said. And I'm like, this is amazing. How did this happen? And we tracked it down. And this amazing guy, Tom Kelly, who now I'm giving a shout out on your talk, your podcast. He's a comedian. He's somebody that's done our programs that I know, but you know, like haven't really spoken to in a long time. He saw one of my videos or an email or something, and he took it and he knew someone at Z100 and he went out of his way to email that quote in so that they, he, they could possibly quote me out of his way for no reason. Didn't even tell me he did it. Didn't even tell me. Just provided immense value without even wanting anything in return. Mm-hmm. We tracked it down. We found out that it was him. And immediately, what do I do? what can I do for you? Can I do something for you? Is there anything that you need? I sent him a gift. Law of reciprocity. He did something totally out of the blue. Didn't need to serve me. Did not need to provide value. He probably knew what he was doing. He probably, he's smart. He was one of our students. He learns how to make powerful win-win relationships. And he did what we taught him how to do. So I sent him a gift. And then I took a podcast recording that I did with him ages ago, reshared it, tagged him. And now I'm going to get on call with him, talk to him about what he needs simply because he went out of his way to figure out what would be a good win for me, provide me with that value. And now I'm going to come back and do whatever he wants. So that's the way to get what you want. And not only is it a way to get what you want, because I don't want people just doing things for people just, just for transactional reasons. We talked about this in the beginning of the show. 100%. In order to be a super connector and to create everything that you want, relationships are key. Relationships are the unfair advantage in life. Full Mm -hmm. stop. But you want to work on creating long game, win-win relationships that are real and deep, where you provide value for each other forever, not just one transaction. You don't want to just do something to get something. Okay. So it might mean you need to give, 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 get once and then give, 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 get once or give, 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 and never get. And then maybe one day get, it's about the long game. It's not about the immediate transaction. And what Tom did for me yesterday was long game shit. And, and I guarantee you, he's going to keep on doing that because he's smart and we taught him how to do it. So that would be my example 
of how to teach how to do what we just talked about. I love that. You know, but it's it's so it's so interesting, right? So I own a branding agency and we do obviously more more on the business side. But what I really felt dealing with our business and corporate clients was the conversation, even though it would always, hey, marketing brand, you know, it, it always came back to them personally. It was, what kind of person are you? Like, what kind of messaging are you putting out? Because brand to me is always, you know, Marty Neumeier's definition of it. It's, I love it the best because it's true. It's, it's literally how you make somebody feel. I mean, a brand is how you make somebody feel. And that, you know, if it's a product, there's a reason Walmart's on, there's a reason Walmart's on sale every week and Versace's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Now, now, brand, now brands that are constantly depositing into their brand equity, they know that down the road, and this is where people, the, the shiny object syndrome comes in. I'm like, look, no, no, no. This is something you have to practice for like ages. But I promise you, if you build a brand that has that equity, that value-based equity in it, it the, the perpetuity on it is just mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. So what, and I'm going to ask you this question because you're going to, you're going to, maybe you'll laugh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. However, I started really becoming passionate about when I was doing branding again for corporations, but I started getting more passionate about when I was talking to the person about yeah. kind of like when it went almost into their life, like Jen, you want to market your business and brand, but you know, I need to feel you as a person in order to almost feel like I'm connected to understand what your vision is. Yeah. So I said, I want to start doing this for more individuals. And so what I, what I found was I, I started talking to, to all these women that were like life coaches, career coaches, um, and they were more on the women of the demographic to like 45, 55. Yeah. And what I figured out was some of them were absolutely incredible, um, but they just didn't know how to brand themselves properly. And I thought, I'm going to do this. Here's what's crazy. The word coach, and I, I come from a football background. So in that sense of coaching and accountability, I love that aspect. But then I feel like there's the snake oil salesperson of the coaching. So I have a lady that I kind of work with who's kind of like became my coach, so to speak. And she's like, Ryan, what is your negativity? What is your negative fixation on this word coach? Like, how come you feel like you don't want to call yourself a coach? And it's still something I'm working through. But yeah. what would what would your perspective be on that? Because you guys do a form of coaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever word you want to use. I get it why you don't want to use the word coach. I totally understand. Ooh. And, uh, you know, like, I feel like I could throw a rock and hit a coach right now. There's a lot of coaches. So <laughs> if, uh, if you can figure out a different word other than coach. But here's the thing. Like, the word coach, I actually think, and it's all perspective. And, yep. and here's the other thing. You and I live in this world where everybody's a coach, like our, our little corner of the world, which is probably point zero 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 one, right. Of the world of the internet is like coaches and gurus and stuff like that. But many people. Okay. Jen, are, okay, Jen, Jen, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Why did you say that? How do you know that you said, Ryan, you and I are in this point zero zero one. How do you know that to identify that? I, I mm-hmm. think you're saying that super cash. Cause I know you're I good with it, but for people listening, like, how do you even identify and recognize that? Because I know what you're headed to is like a bar for sure. But can you break that piece down first? All right. So we have a seven out of 10 rule. Uh, this is a cool rule that everybody that is listening can use. And I don't like to make like exact statements like that. So I probably will take that exact statement back because I don't know that for a hundred percent certain to be true or true to certain people, whatever. Okay. But I do know that 
Go outside and ask 10 people if they know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. Okay. Mm. In our world, if we ask 10 people, if they know who Gary Vaynerchuk is Mm. and people would probably, if seven out of those 10 people know who that person is, that's a mainstream person. If seven out of 10 people walking down the street at Starbucks right now, if you walked outside, know what a life coach is exactly seven out of 10, then it's a mainstream thing. But Mm. I doubt it that seven out of 10 people know what a money mindset coach is. If you walk down the street and you ask them, I highly, highly doubt it. But you and I would think everybody knows what a money mindset coach is. There's so many of them, right? They're everywhere. Or you know what I'm saying? So what I want to, what I always remind people of is that many, we always think like, oh, I posted that already, or I said that already, or there's so many people that do that, or I don't want to call myself that because so many people are doing it. First of all, nobody's really paying that close of attention. They're worrying about themselves. They're not worrying about everything else. Second of all, there's only one you, and there's only going to be one person that coaches exactly like you. There's only, and and there's going to be a lot of people out there that need to hear the exact same information, but only from you and the way that you say it. Mm. And number three, most people aren't even seeing your stuff. They're not. And I know that to be true for sure, because I tell my friends things that I posted on the internet and I thought everybody knew and they had absolutely no idea. <laughs> the algorithm, like nobody's seeing it. You think everybody's seeing your stuff and everybody knows all these things and everybody yeah. knows, you know, who Tony Robbins is. Not everybody yeah. knows who that is. <laughs> you know, Jen, it's funny you bring that up because I have these, uh, I, I talk to myself a lot. And if you're an introvert, I hope you do too. And I assume, yeah. you but uh, you know, throughout the day, I'm like, listen here, you get just a little bastard, Ryan. Get out of your own head, man. Get out of your own way. You're not that important. Like, and I say it in a fun way, but I also say it in a way to be like, I'm checking in with myself on a, on a minute to minute because I'm like, you know, when I felt that I got a lot of success, you know what the, the number one question, the turning point was, and it was so clear. I went from thinking like even my vocabulary, I, you know, I'm the international rec. I, no, no, no. I get, get rid of that. Get rid of the I. You, so then I said, Ryan, your whole podcast is going to serve on this one question every single fucking episode we do. And the question is this, what's in it for them? Mm. And if we can answer what's in it for them, I know we're already off to a very good start. Yes. And when I did that, even the content out, you know, okay, Ryan doesn't have to look like he's the, 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 the expert all the time. No, no, no. When you're talking to somebody, I love, and, and this is my interview style, I genuinely want to learn from you because I know my audience wants to learn from you. And I love those interviews where you can tell when the interviewer generally saying like, whoa, whoa, hold down. What, what do you mean by that? Because their audience is thinking, what, what does she mean by that? Like, you got to go in for that, Ryan. Ask clarifying questions. But everybody listening, and I'm, I know you would agree, if you can, whatever business you got going on or whatever your goal is, if you focus on what's in it for them, I promise you, you're going to be ahead of the game. Yeah. And focusing on what's in it for them doesn't only help per other the people. It also helps you get over your insecurities. Mm-hmm. So people ask me every single day, how do I become more confident on camera? How do I share my message without feeling mm-hmm. gross or salesy or worrying about what other people think? The fastest way to do that, we call it hope. I love that you said that you, you love the word hope. 
for hope for us stands for help one person every day. Mm. So I just think about my content is helping one person out there and I'm talking to that person and I'm serving that person. And when you focus on the person that you're serving, your audience, the person that you're talking to, it removes the ego. It takes it away from being about you and you giving a shit what anybody else thinks about what you're saying, because it's about helping somebody else. Mm. So it, that, 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 that's, that's so key. I know I got to get you going here. Yeah. Um, last question I have. Second last question is, uh, what can I do for you? I love that. Um, well, thank you for asking. Um, see, I hate this question because it's kind of like, I don't know. You know what you could do? You could just keep being you. This was an amazing, this was an absolutely incredible interview. One of my favorites because you really did your research and your energy is amazing. And I feel like we had such a powerful conversation and I feel like more podcasts need to be like this. So, and more people will get more value. And I hope a lot of people listen to this for real. So I just hope you keep doing your thing. And then, I mean, everybody else that's listening, listen again, what's in it for you. I create content for you every single day. That's like all I do, uh, to help get you out of your head and make you have a better day. So if you want to, if you feel so called to subscribe to my YouTube, Jen Gottlieb, uh, my TikTok, I'm growing and it's, it's not even about me. It's all about you. I want to just like help you have a better day, get inspired to conquer the world and, you know, share your dreams with other people so that they can be impacted. And that's it. That's how we can create win-wins here. But Ryan, dude, you keep doing this. It's good. I, I love that. No, I, I love that. I've been, you know, we've had a lot of success. We've had uh, some of the most amazing people in the world on the show. I just know, you know, out of 1,984,000 podcasts, you know, with, you know, 97% of them don't even make it past episode seven. You know, for us, it was just the scripted shit. I just can't stand the scripted stuff. I mean, we came into this, I came into this saying, I really want to, I really want to get something from each person that I can't Google, you know, that I can't, that I can't already, already know. Uh, but as you know, cause you put out content, you meet a lot of people as well. Some people you thoroughly really connect with others. You don't, you just don't it's an interview and you, you know, cool. It was awesome. But there's some people you do connect with. So I, I, I like being connected to you. My, my last question is how can we be friends, Jen? How can we be friends? This and this fucking question I've asked that I think, now, I'll be honest, 165 episodes, let's say I had 100 and I, I probably had about 110 guests on the show so far. I've asked the question four times. Oh, that's nice. So, I love and, that. And people get a kick out of it because I'm like, I love it. I'm trying to think about an answer. We're friends already. We became friends the second that you turned on the video and your enthusiasm was like, boom. <laughs> I immediately thought, he's my people. Yeah. <laughs> he had to have been on a Zoom call with me because that's how I start my Zoom calls with music and dancing yes. and craziness. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, you've already done it. So I love we're it. friends. I love it. I love it. And everyone listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. We'll put all of Jen's information in the show notes, how to connect with her. You know, pun intended, she's a super connector, PR, all the good stuff. Again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Curiosity should always be your mandate. And remember to deposit consistently into your Soulful Currency account. We love you. Much love, Team Holtz, a.k.a. your neighborhood hope dealers, not dope dealers. Much love. We're so glad you enjoyed this episode of the Ryan Holt Show podcast. Please don't forget to smash that five-star review as Team Holtz will love you for it. Also, say hi to Ryan anywhere on social media using the handle at RyanHoltz1. That's R-Y-A-N-H-O-L-T-Z, the number one. 
And if you or your business is looking to expand your brand, book a brand jam with Ryan using the link in the show notes.